1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion.
1: Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom slash socks.
0: Who do you think is going to make the 53-man roster? We're going to talk about it. And one of the intriguing elements about that potential 53-man roster, yes, everybody, Trey Lance discussion is back, and we're going to talk about why it makes sense, why it doesn't, and review—sorry, re, reveal results of a poll I put up on, on Vikings Wire earlier today and try to figure out where the fan base sits on it as a whole. Welcome to The Real Foreigner Show. To the Real Foreigner Show. Hosted by Tyler Bornis,
1: the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run-In-Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Soul.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Forno. with me, as always, is up in the top right corner. His name is producer Dave. Dave, how are you? I am
1: doing good today. Very, very good. It's been a busy day. Got out a podcast, and all is well in Vikings
0: land. Yeah, something like that. And we are going to have a really nice conversation. But let's start off with the Trey Lance stuff. Now, if you haven't been following along, Trey Lance was named quarterback three by the, the San Francisco 49ers today. One that's absolutely insane to have him behind Brock Purdy. I, uh, I'm just very annoyed. <laughs> and I honestly think Kyle Shanahan doesn't understand quarterback play. Cause if he really understood what potential quarterback play would be like, he probably wouldn't be in choosing to start Brock Purdy. And uh-huh. it, that said somewhat tongue in cheek, somewhat serious. It's, He's obviously an offensive genius, but man choosing Brock Purdy over a guy with a lot of talent who, when you drafted him, you knew needed reps. You knew he needed to play more than any of these other guys while he was young to get better because he had limited reps at the position, but the talent was boundless. And that was the appeal. And you have a guy like Josh Allen who needed that too. He played more in college, but he got the reps first two years, third year came out and was a borderline MVP. And now he's one of the top five quarterbacks in football. The idea was to have Lance on a similar path. Well, they didn't play him like at all, unless they had to in his rookie year, when Jimmy Garoppolo was out for two games, then he broke his ankle last year in just an accident. And then Garoppolo broke his in an accident. So you can't say, Oh, it was because he was running stuff happens when quarterbacks get tackled. It just is what it is. And then Brock Purdy basically does nothing. And six games later he's automatically the starter not to me it doesn't make any sense um i don't get it i don't i just think it's absolutely dumb and i think the 49ers have absolutely botched everything to do with Trey Lance and that's where the intrigue comes in because this guy needs time he needs to work and he needs to play football because he needs to play football Who's going to be able to give that to him. And that's where some of the difficulty comes in. When we're talking about these situations, the Vikings would be able to give it to him in 2024. And that's why some people are just like, well, why would you trade for guys to be in the last year of his rookie deal. You trade for him. If you think he's the guy, if you think he's going to be the guy, it really doesn't matter when you get him. Yeah. You want to be able to maximize a rookie contract, but if you have the guy who cares and that's kind of the philosophy here, nobody really knows what Trey Lance will be because he's got this boundless potential and he needs, he just needs time under center. He needs to be able to run plays. He needs to be able to read defenses. You can only do so much that watching film, doing stuff like playing Madden simulations. You need actual live reps. And if you can get in that, there's a good chance you'll be able to get something out of him. But that's part of the problem. And it's I, I don't know if the Vikings should make the move. I would make the move if the price is right. And that's where this comes in with the poll that I put up on Vikings where I want to kind of see where everybody was at and how all the fan base felt about it without any inherent bias, because the, the piece I wrote, it it didn't say anything about, oh, I would trade for Lance, anything like that. It was just basic facts. And then what would you give uh, for Lance. If you were making the trade, the number one response with 21% of the vote was an early day three pick. Now keep in mind, you can go look at it yourself. There are eight different selections, 15.79% said I wouldn't trade anything. 13.4, 13.74% said conditional day three pick 13.45 late day three pick. And the, the one that had the lowest, which I thought was interesting. Thing was a late day three pick swap Which is what the Vikings did with um, that The Vikings did With Ross Blacklock They sent a six they got Blacklock in the seventh Back so It's The fan base seems to be interested in At least making the move And I think there's Merit to giving it a shot There's also the flip Side of it where it's It's too risky. You're not getting enough value for it. And he's going to be expensive unless you're going to be able to trade Nick Mullins away. Like, and then Trey Lance is your certified QB two. Then you're going to have like $8 million uh, on backup quarterbacks this year. That's a lot of money to have on the salary cap for a backup quarterback. And like, it's not like Trey Lance was the first overall pick this year and you're just going to sit. Now he's going to his third year and he needs time to play. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see kind of what that will would look like if you were to come here, the real intrigue here, David, I want your take on this. We knew that the Vikings and 49ers had conversations about Trey lands and they had them at the combine, but I don't know how, how much you can read into that because that two teams having uh, trade conversations at the combine, is like me calling Dave and, and talking about trading local bourbons. like it, <laughs> it, it happens regularly. It's hard to read into anything because people are just really gauging. So I don't think that this is something that we need to think about. I didn't think the Vikings would be in, interested until I saw multiple NFL insiders linking the Vikings and Lance again. Now, it's one of two scenarios. So put on your tinfoil hat. Let's get a little crazy. It's either they know something and they're trying to like float it out there so they can try and be right. Or they don't really know anything and they're trying to drive a conversation and a narrative for content. Both have merits to why you should or shouldn't do it. I don't think the Vikings have shown any indication that they have interest in Trey Lance outside of that report from Mike Florio that they had conversations at the combine and that was back in, I want to say almost end of April when that report surfaced. I don't know. And like, like this is an entire hypothetical conversation because it's just, there's so many variables here. And especially with the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan said, we would love to have Trey on the team. We had to use four quarterbacks last year. You know, it's good to have three guys. He's right. But And what would if they got an offer, would they trade him? How would that work? If a quarterback tears his ACL tomorrow, are they trading for Trey Lance? The Vikings did when Teddy Bridgewater almost lost his leg. They traded for Sam Bradford. They gave up a first and a fourth. Who's to say that a team wouldn't give up a second round pick for Trey Lance to try and make something work when your quarterback goes down and goes kablooey, There's a lot of intrigue there. There's a lot of potential. Teams make panic moves. Rick Spielman did. And you know what? I'll give him credit. It almost worked out until his knee went kablooey. Because that Saints game is a legendary what-if scenario for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, the season ended up pretty well. Got the Minneapolis Miracle, made the NFC Championship game. Finish wasn't ideal, but the season was pretty good. Would a team want to do that with Trey Lance? Like, there's too many elements here, and I'm kind of talking... In circles a little bit, just because of what what we're like. There's just so many weird elements, and Patrick uh, in the comments is like the logic about Lance not getting a proper chance is like saying we should bring back Nate Stanley because he didn't get a chance. I disagree wholeheartedly. I understand where you're coming from, but to say Lance got a proper chance with everything that how they handled him in San Francisco, I think is wrong. I think if he would have really been given a proper chance, you traded away a third and two and three firsts to go from 12 to three to get this guy. And you're going to say after four starts and eight total games played that you're going to start Brock Purdy, who is who has about as much football talent as I have in, in my pinky when you talk about NFL quarterbacks. Brock Purdy stinks. The only reason why he looked any good is is because of Kyle Shanahan Trey Lance at least has potential to be legit. Great. He may never reach it. And I'm not saying he will. I'm not even going to make the argument that he will, but it's inarguable. he doesn't have that potential. And to not give that guy a chance when you have a super bowl roster. And the theory is Kyle Shanahan can win with anybody at quarterback. Well, why not give the guy who you've invested all this capital in? who has all this potential, the opportunity to learn on the fly and have Kyle Shanahan protect him with his offensive scheme. To me, that doesn't make any sense. I I think we can run. Oh, he can run, but it running isn't even the best part of his game. The best part of his game coming out was how well he showed football IQ at such a young age. He was running that complex North Dakota state offense to a T and he was doing all the checks of the land of He was setting all the protections. He was doing all those things at nineteen. Like Carson Wentz wasn't doing that at nineteen. His first year as a starter, he was a redshirt junior. He wasn't even doing that at then. Like th- this kid had a lot of special abilities about him, and I I just think it's a, it's a really big mistake for them to just give up. You have a loaded roster run it back. Just run it with Lance and see what happens. Brock Purdy is going to get you nowhere. You're going to extend Brock Purdy. You think Brock Purdy's the future of your franchise? No. And th- to me, uh, I know it's the Viking show, but the whole reason we're talking about Trey Lance is because they're continuing to be linked together. I believe he has a potential to be that guy. If he's given the opportunity to be that guy, the, just given reps to grow, San Francisco is not giving that to him. Should the Vikings give it to him next year? I don't know that that's, that's whole another discussion, but if they do, I think you could have a real gem on your hands. And that's where a lot of this conversation about trading for him comes from Dave. I just kind of went on a diatribe of almost 10 minutes talking about Lance because I'm just, I'm incredibly frustrated with how the 49ers have handled this situation. You texted me earlier today when I said we were going to talk about this, and you said he stinks. Verbatim. You said he stinks. What do you think about this? What would you do if you were the Vikings, and if you were to trade for him? What would the capital that you sent back be? Because I will say this. Ben Albright, who's an NFL insider, mentioned on Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it, that He thinks that the Vikings and 49ers will figure something out and the Vikings will send a pass rusher back and there will be draft pick compensation going both ways.
1: As long as it's DJ Wanham, I have no problem. (laughs) If it's DJ Wanham, I'll celebrate. Um, One, he hasn't proven himself. Obviously, he's had injuries. He broke the ankle early in his career. He hasn't panned out. They haven't used him like I think he could be better utilized. The one thing I do not like about the Trey Lance deal in the trade is he's a first round draft choice. He comes with a substantial salary attached.
0: It, it depends on what you consider Dude. substantial. It's five million this year and five million next year. That means well, that's not nothing, but it's not substantial. If you're looking at the cap hits, Dave. That includes the signing bonus that San Francisco paid him. We don't absorb that.
1: Right. Well, what about the fifth-year option? Is that?
0: The fifth-year option, we would have to choose to accept it or not. right? And my guess is if we were to roll in, hypothetically speaking, we were to roll in to 2024 with Trey Lance as the quarterback, we would sign him to a one-year extension similar to what Jordan Love got. Jordan Love signed a one-year extension for $22 million, basically about what the fifth-year option was but he only got 13 million guaranteed. So it gave the Packers a little bit of cushion in case Jordan Love absolutely stinks and it gave Love more than nothing on the fifth year option. So Love gets something, the Packers are playing safe and conservative. It makes sense and I think the Vikings if they were to choose that path would do excuse me, something very similar.
1: Well, it, it it's possible. Now, when he was coming out of North Dakota State he has tools, obviously a strong arm, he's smart, he can run the ball, he could be you know the the option that Kevin O'Connell would want, and I think Kevin O'Connell would want more than how San Francisco plays football, but I worry that he hasn't seemed to have gotten it in the even just the four starts and put it online now, maybe it's lack of practice, maybe it's whatever. I worry about that he may be that bust and that they're just sloughing him off to whoever will take him. But there's been times in this league where that change of venue, suddenly that guy becomes a superstar, right? Mm -hmm. Once he gets to the new team. I don't know. Friend of the show, friend of mine, Beto of Niner Sickness, he's got a show coming on two hours after hours at 8 o'clock central where they're discussing the same thing. They've got... Brock is QB1, Sam Darnold is QB2, some guy named Brandon is QB3, and they're looking to trade Trey Lance. So I, I, it's, I almost have more faith in Jaron Hall right now than I do in Trey Lance. And it may be because of lack of playing time. He hasn't stayed healthy during his time with the Niners already. And that bothers me. It bothers me with Booth. It's going to bother me with Addison. It's going to bother me with anybody else that tends to be or appears to be injury prone. And I know well, injuries.
0: I'm going to fight back, on that. Fight back uh, on that. It's 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 different if a guy has multiple injuries. Lance has one. One injury. Ankle. Yeah, and that's that's part of football. If a guy has one, I'm not willing to call him injury prone. If a guy gets a second relatively quickly, like Booth, I think we can have the conversation about injury prone. Because even though they all, I haven't all happened in the NFL, there's a there's a timeline and a history. I wouldn't even call Daniel Hunter injury prone, and he had two season-ending injuries in back-to-back years. Right, because and related. And you've got but, to get and you
1: when you evaluate injuries, are they related? Did one cause the other? Did somebody break an ankle so they're changing how they put their weight on it? Today, we watch. Brian O'Neill in pass blocking drills against the Cardinals. Full on, 100% go, boom, boom, boom. And it looked to me like he was favoring his one leg. Now, does that mean he's not going to be fully recovered, ready to rock and roll and look good? No, it doesn't mean that. He's still, you know, top of the line, top 10 right tackle in this league. But it's that mental thing that I worry about. It's the mental thing with Lewis seen in his break. But I just haven't seen enough of Lance at the pro level that I've liked. It's, you know, yeah, granted, throughout the Chicago game, that was in a monsoon. Anybody's gonna look like trash in a monsoon. But I wanted to see more and I suspected he was developed to be more in San Francisco. It's not like they don't develop good players in San Francisco. That's what he's known for out there. And we just don't see it. So that's why I don't think Lance to Minnesota, even though it's a great story, he's one of us. He grew up in Marshall, right? He went to NDSU. The whole works. It may work out. Yes, he may be the next quarterback of your Minnesota Vikings taking Kirk Cousins spot once he retires, or he may not. I just don't, I don't have the warm fuzzies I normally do when I think about trading for a player. That's, I guess, what I get to. There's nothing that's made me think this kid is special at this level. To me, he sort of reminds me of Ohio State quarterback. And we all know that Ohio State quarterbacks in college absolutely rock and roll. When they get to the NFL, they usually fall flat on their face. And that's what Trey Lance reminds me of. And so as part as Dave, I want to stay away. I'd rather see Jaron Hall take that next advanced step. But it's not up to Dave. It's up to Kwesi and whether they get the right deal or not. And hopefully we're on the winning side of that deal and that it's, San Francisco wanting to get rid of him so much that they give us more than what he's worth, you know, basically, in compensation, and we can use that to move on and continue to build a team over the next year or so. Yeah. That's I, my take.
0: I get it. I get it completely. I, I wouldn't I sorry, I had to move the, the head headphone off because I think my dogs are are playing with each other. And I want to make sure they're not killing each other. Um, <laughs> and I think it's one of those things where if you aren't a hundred percent sold on him, it, it, the, where you believe there's a realistic outcome, he could reach his potential. You don't make the move. And that's why where the conversation, I think it needs to be more nuanced. It's not, what has he done now? It's, it's not about what he is now. That, that That's what he, not the, it's, it's
1: what he can be. And do you believe he yeah. can reach that?
0: and it's it's about understanding that when he was drafted everybody knew he needed at least a year of seasoning he needed to have that year some people thought that could be a redshirt year and honestly we we'll, we'll, we're not going to know that because he he was out all last pretty much all last year with that broken ankle and the only full start that he had was in a monsoon so that it, there's so many layers to it and i think that there's still a chance that he hits I think there's a chance that he reaches that ceiling. I don't know if I'll ever get that chance, and that's the tough part. Um, I saw somebody opine that, hey, maybe he should just go to the XFL. Honestly, that'd probably be great because he'd get ten plus games of playing football, mm-hmm. and that matters. And then he could come back and go to go to a camp, compete for a starting job, and maybe then he's fixed. If only the NFL could send players to the XFL. I think see, that's I can, coming.
1: I can see a team. Well, eventually they want a, a minor league farm system where they can do just that. Um, But I can see somebody like Tampa Bay being more interested than the Vikings are. That's just me.
0: I don't know. They do like Kyle Trask. They just think that Baker Mayfield's better right now. And I'm very intrigued to see if Baker will ever regain form because... He was good. And then he played with that uh that torn Laborman is not growing shoulder and screwed everything up. And what we've kind of figured out now that at, I don't know how much you know about this Dave but he's suing his dad because his dad he basically set up a company and extorted him out of a lot of money. Um that sucks. That Baker thought he was investing. It's like between 12 and 18 million dollars. He thought he was in giving money to his dad to invest and his dad like blew it all. And now there's legal proceedings to try and figure out where the money went. And he's, yeah, it's, it's really bad and unfortunate for him. But this is why, like, if you're an athlete, it's really hard to trust people with money because the people will screw you. Um, mm-hmm. And if if I highly recommend the 30 for 30 from ESPN broke, um, it was a lot more prevalent in the nineties and the early two thousands and b- before than it is now because there's so much more information now, um, especially with the internet, but I know a couple well, of people that, had,
1: and they, they pounded in the rookies when they come into the league now, which is so good. To.
0: It is a great thing. A lot of people have unfortunately learned that lesson. So Adrian Peterson. Yep. Um, I'll mention this. And then Dave, I know you have, uh, have a, a, a read for the people. Um, a lot of, uh, some some mentions in the chat about uh, Jaron Hall and would you take Lance over Hall? That's a very complicated question. And I'll say this. I love Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall does not have the ceiling of Trey Lance. Does Jaron Hall get to his ceiling um, more likely than Trey Lance gets to his? I think so. And it's about weighing all those questions because that's what it is. You have to try and figure it out based on questions. And how, what your answer to it is. And then you make your decision based off that you're you're basically scouting and trying to fill in as many blanks as you can. So it's a very difficult question to answer, but that's kind of where I sit. It's figuring out who is Jaron Hall's likely outcome going to be better than what you think Trey Lance's is. And that will factor in how much compensation you have to give up for Trey Lance. So that's a part of it too. And whatever you figure out, that's what you have to do. And Michael asked me about Jordan Tamu. Um, uh, look, uh, Tamu, offense player during the XFL, I don't think he's anything in the NFL. I, I I, just don't think he is. And that's, you would think, maybe. We hope to see him Saturday in the fourth quarter. Will, I'm sure we will see him in the fourth quarter, but I don't think he's... he's uh, anything more than maybe a backup in the future. Um, Dave, I'm going to go check on the dogs because they're running around. I want to make sure. Last time I left them downstairs by themselves, um, one pooped on the floor and they got poop on the wall. So, I'm going to go check out <laughs> and make sure they're good.
1: <laughs> they I sound like two-year-olds.
0: <laughs> well, Odie Odie is a teenager. He, it, it's his it's his gotcha day. We uh-huh. got him one year ago today. So, um, I know you've got something for the people. I'll let you grab that. And I'm going to go sure my dogs are. Not dying. I'll be back in a moment. (laughs) All
1: right. Hey, everybody. First off, I want to welcome you to the show. I'm seeing T-Bass. Aaron, who's sweltering down here with me. But luckily, Aaron, we got rain yesterday. Wasn't it nice? It turned up the humidity level to make it all nice and sweet. We have Mr. Bob Swede, Michael Harrington, Raymond. Of course, my good friend, Norse Fias. If you notice, Norse I'm wearing an old, wrong side, this side, Air Force T-shirt. Anyways, uh, the wonderful, beautiful Miss Mary, my worthless opinion, Bob Swede, and Rhonda, I want to say hi to you, and anybody else that I've missed, and I'm sure I've missed a ton of you, and I apologize. Now, i got a question for you. Would you like to go to the week one game and not have to pay for it? Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Simple question. Would you like to go to a week one game with your friends, up to three other friends, four of you total, and not have to pay for it? Would you like to go to the week one game? and have tickets worth $1,250 a seat and not have to pay for it? You know what? You can do that. You want to know how? I'll tell you. Whether you're a fan of the Vikings or you have friends of some other horrible team, Lions, Lions, Bears, all you got to do is tell them that Fans First Sports Network is giving away four, a package of four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to $5,000. They're going to buy those tickets for you. That's $1,250 tickets. That puts you most likely in almost all stadiums close to the 50-yard line in the lower bowl, if that's where you want. That is something. All you got to do to enter, and the rules are simple, is go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. And fansfirstsports, all spelled out, one word, com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it, that's all you gotta do. Once you've done that, you'll be officially registered to win the four free tickets to any week one NFL game. So, if you're not in the Minneapolis area, like me, and you wanna take a local game, I got a choice of the Texans or the Cowboys if they're playing in town. New Orleans is what, like only like a few hours from you too? No, New Orleans is like six or eight hour drive. Oh, I thought it was. No, it's further than that. Texas is big. And so, and I think it's eight. I think I looked it up once. But you've got your choice of whatever game you want. And obviously, if if you're up in the Twin Cities, it's going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium. So all you got to do, again, is go to contests. Singular.fansfirstsports dot com and register, and you have a chance to enter that opportunity to get four of some of the best tickets in town. That's you, the wife, you, your friends, you, and whoever you want. But you gotta get it yourself registered. By September 4th, because that's when it's going to end. Again, contest.fansfirstsports.com.
0: I'd love to do it. It'd be great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I know some of you got a nice little shot of Eclair. Yeah. Odie was running her around, and you might be able to hear her breathing because well, she's an older French bulldog, and French bulldogs have breathing issues. But she is, she runs real hot and running around like like crazy. So she is just sitting on my lap, being a good little girl. But let's talk about this fifty three man roster. And I recommend, if since I know a lot of you are watching live on YouTube, or even if you're not, if you go to VikingsWire.com, and it should be on the homepage. My Latest 53-man roster projection. My second-to-last one. I'll have one more next week. And we're going to go through it and kind of talk a few things. Um, quarterback, pretty easy. We're going to keep three. I know the Star Tribune did not have the Vikings keeping Hall. I think that w- they're going to keep him. Yeah, He hasn't been bad. Anybody who says he's been bad hasn't been watching the games because it's all about context and contextually. He's been pretty good considering everything that he's had to deal with and what he's done with his progressions. The box score really doesn't mean a whole lot. Obviously you want a good box score, but when you talk about all things considered, that's kind of what you're looking at. And I think that if you put him on waivers to try and seek him on the practice squad, he ain't getting there. And that's why I have three, um, to me, quarterbacks, pretty chalk. I, I don't think that there's, there's really any, um, anything there other than, um, than what it is. So move on to running back. I've got, I've only have four. Um, I don't think Dwayne McBride makes the roster. I think it'll be Madison Chandler, Wangwu, and CJ ham McBride hasn't shown enough. And it's really frustrating because I thought he was, he was a pretty dang good prospect coming out of UAB, but he just he struggled so much. And a lot of it has to do with the passing game. Some of it has to do with just him in the running game. He just hasn't been good. And you have to take that seriously. Uh, in the Especially when it's been consistent over the course of uh, the preseason games. And even in practice, he hasn't been very good. Like that's That's a problem. So I think... I think he's going to be a guy that they sneak out of the practice squad. But I will say this as I transition Missy Claire. So she gets more comfortable. um, If Kane Wong ends up on PUP, I think McBride makes the roster. So there's that caveat too. Yeah, it's, it's running backs can be pretty simple. Ty Chandler's running back too. And I've been saying it all off season. So, he is he's the second best running back on the team, and arguably he could be the best by the year's end. We'll see. I, I well, have I'd, no disagreement
1: there. I just think if you're going to keep an extra running back, if mm-hmm. Kene goes to IR, which is a possibility, and I've seen it written.
0: Well, that's what I just said, but I, think it, no, I don't think you go to IR. I think you will go to PUP.
1: I think the one you may keep is Dykes. I like what I saw from the young man last week. Our yeah, new acquisition,
0: I, I, both on is, punt
1: returns and running the football.
0: That's that's like a, a one-game sample size, and I, I would need to see more to put him on this list, but is somebody I'm 100% keeping my eye on? So the, it's not a nothing burger. So I'll, I will agree there. Wide receiver, I kept six. Um Sorry, I I only kept five. Um, This comes with a caveat Jalen Naylor goes on the PUP list. Okay. So Naylor does not make the final 53, but he is still a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, Jalen Rager, and Brandon Powell are my uh, five wide receivers. And Naylor will obviously be coming back at some point. But he's been out. Um, He hasn't practiced since the first day of training camp. So. Th- he that's was on the rehab field today. I will say this much. If he doesn't come back to practice and you have Powell and Rager playing this well, th- there's an on zero chance that Naylor doesn't make the team. Cause it's not like he was coming into this year uh, with a guaranteed roster spot. He was a 6th round pick last year. You miss all of training camp and guys just ball out. That can be sayonara. So I- I'm not going to sit here and claim that that's, what's going to happen but it could just something to be prepared for Tristan Jackson. I think ends up on the practice squad. He's had a really good camp as well. Tight end. I shrunk it down to three. I just think there's too many inconsistencies from Nick Muse to get him on the roster, but I think they'll call him up a few times. Uh, TJ Hawkins to Josh Oliver, Johnny Munt considering how much we're going to use CJ ham. I don't think you need four tight ends, but you could, if you really like four, you could absolutely keep four. So
1: that's where I agree we'll with they, you. I had I put Muse purposely on the thumbnail today, but I think Muse will be released. And if somebody picks him up, good for Muse, good for Nick Muse. If somebody mm-hmm. doesn't, he goes to the practice squad. And mm-hmm. Good for Nick Muse, and we may call yep. him up later if somebody gets hurt. That's fine. And he's had a great camp, but I don't see them keeping four tight ends and CJ Hemp. Because CJ Hamm in a pinch could be your fourth tight end. Quasi. Mm-hmm. Not as a All right. not as a tight end blocker, but as an H-back type.
0: Let's go to offensive line. I have nine, and this is a little different because I do not keep Austin Schlotman or Josh Sokol, but I may end up changing my mind at a later date. Your starters, Darisaw, Cleveland, Bradbury, and Grimonio. Blake Brandle, Chris mm-hmm. Reed, on the non football injury list, but I'm, I'm end up with my final moving him to stay on the non football injury list for at least the first six weeks. Um, Ole Udo and Vidarian Lowe. There's been some discussion about cutting Oli Udo. He's had a little bit of a rough preseason, but I'll say this it's, it'll double the cap hit to get rid of Oliudo Udo because he's on a unique contract if you draft a guy on day three and you end up keeping him the next year, you can sign one guy a year to this unique deal. And they had Rashad Hill on this contract at one point. The cap hit is the vet minimum. You pay him $2.5 million. So he's essentially making double what his cap hit is. And it's like a, a good, uh, it's a way to keep retention for your, uh, for your draft picks. So I don't think he leaves. Yeah. He struggled, but I don't think, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, as you can see a little Missy Claire sitting up, she's, she wants to get down, but Odie will kill her. Not literally, but yeah. Um, Defensive line. This is not edge rushers. This is defensive line. I have six Dean Lowry, Harrison Phillips, Kyrus Tonga. Those three are guarantees. They Ducks. are, they're yeah. locked. The next three, you could make a real case for a bunch of guys. I have Esesio Tomeo, Jacquel Roy, Jonathan Bullard. You could make a case for T.J. Smith. You could make a case for Sheldon Day, James Lynch. You could have made a case for before his torn ACL. Like this is a a really solid group. Where after the top three, it's just kind of pulling names out of a hat to a point. But I think with how Quacy Dovements has shown he wants to build this team he's going to keep the guys that he's drafted. That's a Sezi and that's Roy. So I think that they make the team. Um, I was big on Calvin Avery initially. Oh boy. He has been really rough the last two preseason games. It's been like unrosterable bad. Um, there was one rep where it, the Vikings were trying to stop the Titans from scoring inside the five. Um, the line of scrimmage, everybody's pretty much on like the five yard line or just off of it. Calvin Avery was pushed five yards into the end zone. It was not good. Oh, Eclair, you farted. Gross. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's not really, really quality food, but it's sardine based. So, oh, boy, are they stinky. Um, all right. Edge rusher. I kept five. And this could change. Um, I, I Based on what With I saw in training. For, camp, to,
1: for Lance. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, this could change even outside of that. <laughs> Daniel Hunter, Marcus Davenport, DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones II, and Luigi Villain. Um, Andre Carter, I don't know if he makes the final 53, but what I could see happening is like in order to put a guy on PUP or IR, you have to have them make the first final 53. Then the next day, you can put them on and then you could take them off. That's how it works. Right.
1: But if you put them on IR before, but they're done for the season.
0: Yeah, and that that's why that this is important, and I think that caveat could end up getting uh, Andre Carter the second on the fifty three man roster, and then he gets on the fifty three. But you just have to play a little um, roster gymnastics to get him there. So they're going to cut him, and if he makes it through waivers,
1: they may pick him up for to be, you know. Practice squad, but other than that, no, they, they're going to cut. They
0: him. do like him, and it's evident that they like him, but he's just not there yet. He just is not. He's not. And even Luigi had a really, really good camp. He's looked good, so that's that plays a big factor in it too. Um, Harms has that same deal.
1: I think Harms is right. Luigi Vella has had a really good camp, and I think he makes the final fifty-three. He would in my list.
0: He's on mine. Um, all right. My gosh, ye- that stinks, girl. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Which all reminds
1: right. me, I have a can of sardines and oil. Black olives in the pantry. Sounds good for supper yeah. after the show.
0: There you go. I'm, I'm glad Eclair's farts could inspire your dinner choices. Um, <laughs> Inside linebacker. We're only in four, and because of how the... It's structured in three, four. You only need four inside the lab. There's only two are on the field at a time. Brian Osmo, the second and Jordan Hicks, Ivan Pace jr. And Troy die. Troy reader. I thought was going to make the team for a while over die because I just thought die was not good, but he's actually played really well this training camp and it's, you can't leave him off the roster at this point. Um, Ivan Pace jr. He speaks for himself. Jordan Hicks. The, he took a $1.5 million pay cut and in turn, the Vikings guaranteed his entire salary for the year. So that's a lot of that give and take with a lot of those restructured contracts. And Asamoah, uh, he was back in practice, but he did not do team drills today. He looks to be ready for week one. So that's a great mm-hmm. sign. A couple more positions. We'll get to specialists. He was, was their not, shoulder? Uh, Asamoah? No, I think he was a no. back. No, Blackman he, was a shoulder. One of them had the shoulder. Blackman. Okay. Okay. Cornerback. We're keeping six: Byron Murphy Jr., Andrew Booth Jr., Caleb Evans, Joanne Williams, Makai Blackman, and special teams weapon Najee Thompson. Like you just can't keep this guy off the team because he's look. Special teams is doesn't won't necessarily win you a lot of games. You can lose games on special teams a lot. So I think that they're they're just going to find a way to keep this guy on the roster because he's just been incredible on special teams. Matthew Slater has been in the league like 13 years, only playing special teams. If you're that good, you can stay on a roster and the Vikings have a history of having like a special teams, only player on the roster, usually a return guy, but they've, they've done it in the past and I could see them continuing to do so this time with Najee Thompson.
1: And I reported on that in the Vikings daily opener podcast this morning. On your article on that, and I added, just think about it, all right? He has done so well in training camp and preseason games so far. He is literally the type of person that grows into a special teams coach. He studies how to be the best at special teams, how to be the best at the gunner. And he shoots down there, and he makes the tackle. He's a good tackler. He's only held people to what? A grand total of two yards returns on six punts, I think it is. You can't let that go. That means too much when you're trying to flip the field on a punt, right? If you can stop them and they don't get a 20-yard return, that's great because now they're behind the power curve, and we know we've got a punter that can absolutely boom it, so He has to be there. And people say, well, yeah, but Dave, but are you going to give up the spot for just a special teamer versus the sixth guy on the defensive uh, edge rusher, if it comes down to that, or a seventh cornerback? Yes, I am. Why? Because that guy that's the sixth guy in the room or the seventh guy in a particular room is lucky if he even gets to dress on Sundays because he's going to be one of those guys that inactive whereas Najee Thompson is going to be out there every game making plays that impact the game that's why you keep somebody like Najee Thompson over that 6th or 7th guy in whatever room you're talking about so he should make the team if they don't Pitchforks and Torches, Emily Riot.
0: Yep. Dodge is going to make the team and he he has earned it. So a couple more here and then we're going to get out. Specialists are chalk. It's going to be Greg Joseph, Ryan Wright, Andrew Paula. They made that decision when they waived uh, Jack Lesney before the preseason game last week. I found it interesting that they saw enough of him in practice that they decided to just go with Joseph Fulboer. But I'll say this. I thought he looked really good in practice. I thought that they would have kept him and stashed him on the practice squad. Maybe they still will. But I just found that interesting. Safeties. Keeping five. Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Louisine, Josh Mattelis, Jay Ward. Theo Jackson has played very well. And there is a non-zero chance they keep six because he's been very good. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jay Ward has experience at outside corner and at slot corner. So if you keep one less cornerback, you can have Jay Ward do a lot of those different things mm-hmm. and it it, w- it would make things interesting, but it's gonna be hard to cut Theo Jackson because of how good he's been so far during training camp. I, I'm very impressed with the safety room. It is the best position group on the roster. Um, top to bottom. Everybody's good. If Theo Jackson had to start for you week one, you'd feel pretty comfortable with it. You wouldn't be super excited about it, but you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, it's bleak. Theo Jackson has to play. No, you'd feel good. Ready, right, Claire? Yeah, you feel pretty good. <laughs> what a big girl. I know she's, she's the best. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at. Uh, I think there are a few, pl- uh, players who are fighting for their lives here. Um, one of them, um, Dwayne McBride, we'll kind of do a quick rundown, and then we're gonna head out for the night. Um, I have the Minnesota State Fair in the morning, and it's tradition. We show up at open, and cool. we stay until we can't go anymore. And because of the heat advisory tomorrow, it's supposed to feel like uh, mid nineties. We may leave early, but we always hey, go multiple times. And so
1: Shirley is smart enough. Not that they sponsor us, even though we'd love them to. They're smart enough to put out a map where you can get all your regular Shirley's. And then they are fair only surleys, and that folks is great marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. You all enjoy right. run through a few guys who are firmly in the bubble and need really good weeks to potentially make the roster. We talked about Dwayne McBride. We talked about Tristan Jackson. We talked about Nick Muse. I think those three guys are all in the bubble. I think Austin Schlopman and Josh Sokol, even though I didn't have either of them on my final 53, I think they're both firmly on the bubble. Um, I One of them stays and one of them goes probably.
1: Well, who's your backup yeah.
0: center? Right now I have Chris Reed, but he may not end may up making...
1: He may not that make move Schlopman into that spot. Mm-hmm.
0: But one of those two will end up being, I think, the backup center unless Chris Reed comes back 100% healthy and they feel comfortable about him snapping because I don't nothing. feel comfortable with either of those other guys. Yeah, we've heard nothing so far. Um, off uh, outside of that on the offensive line, I don't think anybody else really has a chance. It's pretty chalk there, and defensive line we talked about them. Pretty much everybody after the top three, they're fighting for a roster spot. If it could go any which way, I wouldn't be too surprised. Except if both Odomayewo and Jaquall and Roy got cut, I'd, then I'd be surprised. Um, Andre Carden and Luigi Villain are fighting for that final roster spot. As is um, that final linebacker spot. Troy die I think, sealed it up, but Troy Reeder still has a chance. Abraham Boplan had a really good first week, did not play very well last week. Uh, cornerback, Joan Williams, I think is on the bubble, but I think he's going to make the team, unless you have Tay Gowen just absolutely balling out like crazy. Um, Odie, what are you doing? <laughs> he's chewing on something. I can, I can see it. Odie. You can feel it, the force. Yep, I, can, I know when he is chewing. Um, and safety, it's pretty much just Theo Jackson. Um, I don't think anybody's getting caught from that room. I thought Mattelis for a while, but then the that Vikings told me him. that they liked Mattelis more than I did. So I had to readjust my line of thinking. But that's the show. We're going to be back. Um, Dave is obviously going to be back on Sunday with two old bloggers. I'm going to be back Monday, and we're going to do our final 53-man roster prediction, kind of wrap up training camp of the preseason. And then I don't, we may not have a live show Wednesday or we may do one Tuesday. Dave and I will have to have a production meeting because I, I have a lot of stuff going on this week and then I'm going to be in the clear and we're not going to really have to do any more reschedules unless we unfortunately have another family member pass away. So I'm not wishing that God forbid. Absolutely. But we'll have two shows for you next week for sure. And as always two old bloggers and everything that we do on the podcast side as well. We're going to have a lot of fun. There will be
1: two of us on two old bloggers. Whether it's Darren or not, and I hope it is, we'll find out.
0: Yep. And with that, I want to remind
1: everybody four free tickets up to $5,000 worth. That's $1,250 tickets. All you got to do is go over to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out whatever form it is. And you get the chance. Unfortunately, we that work for Fans First Sports Network are not eligible. But you are. So go take advantage of that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Please go take advantage of that. With that, from Odie and Eclair, I'm Tyler. He's Dave. Skull Vikings, baby.
1: Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornes and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.